the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. You know, uh, we're going to start a new uh, area of discussion. It's going to be about Messianic Judaism and the vision. And included in that will be the Moedim, the High Holy Days, which we will start next week. So today we will give an overview, an introduction, and uh, this will be multiple weeks, so I hope you join us for all of it. But let's pray first. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you. We honor you. And as we get into this time of the year, the Moedim, the, the High Holy Days, we are just in awe of your word and how you have prepared places for us to meet with you and times. And so, Lord, I just ask for a number of things. I ask for a revival in this time. I ask for salvation for the Jewish people. I ask, O oh Lord, for just a tremendous move of your spirit, not only here with us, but also throughout the world. Father, we are looking forward to a great outpouring. And and so, Lord, as I personally and many of my people are going through prayer and fasting, and we're, we, in some ways we feel like we're in the wilderness and there's struggles that have come about in this time, we are just holding on because you are sovereign. We're holding on for the hope that you have given us. We're holding on because we are blessed by you. So we bless you, thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, I pray as always that if this program ministers to you, uh, that you would see fit to give us a gift, a one-time gift or a monthly pledge. be fantastic if you call our office at 813-831-5673. You can also go to our website, heartofmessiah.org. And we certainly appreciate any support we can get, financial and especially prayer. We we love when people are praying for us. Uh, we really sense the power of being prayed over. Now, also, you, if you are interested in my messages from uh, the Sharesh David Synagogue, 
You can hear us live on Friday night and Saturday morning. And um, certainly Facebook Live Tuesday evening, we have our prayer meeting. So we'd love for you to join us. We'd love to also have you join us in person and especially bringing Jewish friends. But, you know, you you can just come and visit. So we are open in St. Pete, Tampa, Wesley Chapel, and uh, a Spanish-speaking congregation in Wesley Chapel, Conexion. So please uh, check our Shoresh David website for times and locations. We'd love to meet you. And, uh, you know, I've been offering uh, uh, the prayer and fasting booklet, and also I have a friend whose Jewish book and a packet of information on sharing your faith. This is the last week I'll be offering that. It's free of charge. Uh, if we can email it to you, we can send it to you, whatever you prefer. But uh, we we would really love to get it in your hands because we think it's going to be valuable, you know. And also, I would mention that uh, as we've discussed sharing your faith uh, over the past weeks, and we've talked about uh, our approach and our delivery and our content and our clothes, but today... We're starting, as I mentioned, uh, a series on the Messianic vision and looking at the prophecies and all of that. It's so exciting, isn't it? So uh, first, let me explain a little bit about Shoresh David and our congregations. Shoresh means root. So we're the root of David Messianic synagogues. And this name is one of the names of Yeshua, taken from Revelations 5.5. It says, Then one of the elders tells me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is worthy to open the scroll, and it's seven, and so on. And so that's Revelation 5.5. We also see it in Revelation 22.16. I, Yeshua have sent my angel to testify these things to you for my communities. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. So, uh, who is Sharesh David? Well, I'll give you three quickies on this. Uh, our identity statement, we have a statement of identity, it's, is we are a people of congregations dedicated to unifying individuals, interfaith couples, and families as we grow in the light of Messiah. Our mission is we love God, we love our neighbor, and share our faith with everyone to the Jew first. And we see that comes from Deuteronomy 6.5, Leviticus 19.18, Mark 16.15, and Romans 1.16. Our vision is we raise up and equip generations of servant leaders to model and inspire a vibrant spiritual uh, family. And then a second part of it is we uh, would want to own our facilities to serve our growing congregations and the needs of also of the Tampa Bay community. So other than to the Jew first, there are really no distinctives compared to what you would expect in any believing organization. 
So in order to find out more about messian- our messianic vision, and, and you have to dig deeper. Are you willing to go on this journey with me? I hope so. And as I mentioned, next week we start with the Moedim, the High Holy Days, which is certainly part of the Messianic vision. I hope to help you understand the purpose and calling that God has assigned to the Messianic movement historically, in the present times, and in the future. So here's some questions. The first three I will try and answer today. What is Messianic Judaism? How and when did Messianic Judaism begin? And what is Messianic Judaism's past, present, and future scripturally? Well, that's a lot to do, so we better get going. I I would mention that there are other questions who should be in Messianic Judaism. Is Messianic Judaism in the church the same? Who's a Jew? Does being Jewish matter? What is the role of someone who was not born Jewish within Messianic Judaism in Sharesh David? Why do we celebrate the Holy Days in Leviticus 23, and are we under the law? That should take us for many weeks, wouldn't you say? Let's get into those first couple questions, though. One of our congregants has been making wonderful short videos, I would mention, on Messianic Judaism, and she has her own YouTube channel. So I'll just mention, you can check it out. Um, it's called Living with Eve, and as I said, it's on YouTube, and that will help you maybe. Uh, before I begin talking about Messianic Judaism, please understand that the important question is not what congregation or denomination we're part of, but where has God called us to in order to serve and train for the work of his purposes and his ministry. We should not be bystanders or visitors. We should be called to a congregation by God in order to accomplish his purposes and his will. So, what is Messianic Judaism? It's a prophetic, end-time congregational movement of God made up of Jews and those not born Jewish who in unity embrace Yeshua, Jesus, as their Messiah and Savior of the world. Both fully participate in the life and the destiny of their Messianic Jewish congregation and community by maintaining a biblical and cultural Messianic Jewish identity because of their mutual calling from God. Messianic Judaism Uh, Messianic Jewish identity for a Gentile is having the heart of Ruth. You remember in Ruth 1.16, Ruth replies, Do not plead with me to abandon you, to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I'll be buried. May Adonai deal with me, and worse, if anything, but death comes between me and you. So, historically, the believers in Yeshua were all Jewish in the first century. I mean, before Acts 15, pretty much everybody was Jewish. And all the writers of the New Covenant were Jewish, 
with the possible exception of Luke. And you've probably heard me say this cute joke, but we know he was Jewish because he was a doctor, right? Okay. I'm so good at telling jokes. Since the time of Yeshua, there have always been Jewish believers. So you could say that Messianic Judaism began in the first century. However, the resurgence of the movement came approximately in the 1970-ish. Okay? Using the name Messianic Judaism, though, uh, came about in 1975 at a conference at Messiah College, interesting enough. Um, there were a number of events in history, especially church history, the past 2,000 years that caused Jewish believers to almost become extinct. But, you know, God had a different plan, right? So there was uh, the Bar Kokhba rebellion. Was a, Bar Kokhba was a Jewish military leader, and he led this revolt against the Roman Empire in 132 CE. The revolt established a three-year-long independent Jewish state in which Bar Kokhba ruled, uh, uh, you know, as Nasi or a prince. Uh, some of the rabbinic scholars in his time imagined him to be the long-expected Messiah. However, when Bar Kokhba fell in the fortified town of Betar, that dream, that hope was dashed because obviously um, this led to Jewish people going back into uh, Judaism without Yeshua or into more of a Christian um, idea of the faith. We see also in the fourth century, Constantine uh, legally banned the persecution of Christians, but unfortunately also legalized a growing division between Jews and Christians that laid the foundation really for the next 2,000 years of anti Semitism. We see this with the Crusaders in 1099. I mean, you don't hear about this too much, but, you know, they burned synagogues with Jewish people in them. It it was really an awful time for Jewish people. The Spanish Inquisition, where Jews were forced out of Spain or killed. Uh, The Russian pogroms, again, forced out of Russia or killed. Um, And... You know, certainly all all of us know the Holocaust, right? Uh, which obviously came out of the, the German uh, World War II. But Jews survived, and they survived because God prophetically said they would survive, which is amazing. In, in the late 1800s, there was a resurgence of Jewish believers because... For roughly 1,800 years, um, you know, Jewish believers were few, and they were kind of hidden. But then, um, in the late 1880s, they started popping up again, and they called themselves Hebrew Christians. And that continued, as I mentioned, through 1970s, and in 1975, in a sense, the name, the birth of Messianic Judaism. Uh, Messianic Judaism is a desire to return 
to following biblical Judaism, though there are many disagreements about what that means. The desire is there. It's really authentic. It's all about being obedient to God's word in order to glorify him. In Messianic Judaism, the word of God is the Bible. From Genesis through Revelation, in the Bible, we get our marching orders for what we believe and how we're to live. And we're committed to sharing our faith with the Jewish community and then the larger community, too. Absolutely. But at the same time, we're also committed to sharing our vision with the church in order for them to return to their Jewish understanding and have the God-given desire to make our Jewish people jealous, as it talks about in Romans 11, right? Because of their relationship with Yeshua. So looking at the Messianic movement and the prophetic nature, in the first century, Scripture is clear that the Jewish people believed in Yeshua. Though the terminology Messianic Judaism, as I mentioned, uh, is didn't come till recently. We can call the first century Jewish believers Messianic too, because they were. Just as the description Christians comes from Christ, the description Messianic comes from Messiah. The terminology is different, but the description is the same. The meaning is the same. God spoke to the Jewish people in Jeremiah 31.30. He said, Behold, days are coming. It's a declaration of Adonai when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them, by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. It is a declaration of Adonai. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah or my teachings or my understanding within them, Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So this is spoken to the Jewish people to prepare them for a special move of God's Spirit. Uh, This was before Yeshua, obviously. It's written in Jeremiah. And so the Jewish people were promised this new covenant, a covenant that they would be able to keep because they really couldn't keep the first, uh, all the laws. God would write the laws in our heart, and um, basically this is a prophecy of what God was going to do. So the result was Yeshua, God in the flesh, being born as a Jewish man, yet through his resurrection, everyone is able to approach God and have a personal relationship with him. As we trust in him, He washes us clean of our sin. There's so many more promises. We've gone over some of them recently because of sharing our faith, um, uh, that Messiah was for the Jewish people. We see in Isaiah 7.14, a virgin will conceive. You know how we've gone over Isaiah 9, 5, and 6. A child will be called Counselor, Mighty God, the Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace, there'll be no end to the peace that he brings on the throne of David over his kingdom. 
We see in Psalm 2, 11 and 12, serve Adonai with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish along the way, since his wrath may flare up suddenly, happy as everyone, taking refuge in him. Psalm 22 describes the crucifixion. Zechariah 9, 9 talks about he's come on a donkey and, and yet he's bringing salvation. Isaiah 53, uh, especially 4 to 6, talks about the fact that he was afflicted, but he was pierced because of our sins and bruised because of our iniquities. And, and so the chastisement for our shalom was on him, and by his stripes we are healed. And so you, you know those scriptures, and I could go on and on. Is there any doubt that Jewish believers in Yeshua were the result of God's prophetic word? That, that should encourage everybody, whether you're Jewish or not, just the fact that God is faithful to his word, that God has been faithful to the Jewish people. The prophecies of Yeshua were to the Jewish people about the coming Messiah, but they were for the entire world. So this has got to give you tremendous hope. So how did Messianic Judaism begin? Well, as we discussed, unfortunately, as more Gentiles became Christians over the years, they lost sight of the Jewish foundation of the faith. They even became hostile in, and in some cases anti-Semitic. The only way first century Messianic Judaism could be restored in the 20th century was God. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, look, it's crazy to wait 2,000 years practically to restore a people who had no land. I mean, most times people don't understand scriptural prophecy until after it's been fulfilled. Often we don't see God's plan until after it's been unfolded. But a lot of people, even though it's been unfolded and fulfilled, they still don't see it. I don't get it. An example of that type of prophecy, which also leads us to the answer, how did Messianic Judaism begin in the 20th century? We must look at Romans 11.25. You know, we've gone over this a few times. There'll be a partial hardening, it says in Romans 11.25. And we find out in Luke 21.24 that Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles, Gentiles until the Gentiles are fulfilled, which is the time that the Jewish people should start accepting Yeshua. And that happened uh, in 73. So, uh, obviously, God's timetable is, is in Scripture. It's fascinating. It's exciting. And in order for God to accomplish this prophecy, first, he would have to make sure that most Jews did not accept Yeshua. Then he had to make sure at some point the Jews would have to be scattered to all the nations for all these prophecies, right? Keep them aware of being Jewish while in a foreign land, which is called diaspora. Make sure that Jews would not be in charge of Jerusalem. He makes sure that Jews somehow come back to Israel, take control of Jerusalem. At the time, make the Jews begin to see Yeshua as the Messiah, and words start uh, and would take the blinders off the Jewish people's eyes. This means that many things had to happen for this all to come to fulfillment, and it all happened. Is this amazing? Well, 
I wish we had time to continue, but our time is is finished today. So let me just say we'd love for you to visit us at Shoresh. So you could go to our website, ShoreshDavid.org, get uh, a calendar of of the special Moedim services along with our normal services. We'd love to have you there. Bring your friends, bring your Jewish friends we we would love to call us. Let us know what you're thinking. We we'd love to communicate with you. Let's close in prayer. Um, oh Lord, we thank you and praise you and worship you, Father. You are Lord, and so we just ask now that the first priority for each and every person listening to my voice would be that they grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.